Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Talent evaluation is difficult in any industry, but in soccer, millions of dollars are on the line in predicting a player's future prospects, and it's never been more difficult. While many clubs have methods they believe to be sound, a new study is casting just a bit of doubt on the entire enterprise. John Muller is here to talk about that study. I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Monday, August 15th. All right, I think all of us have had this experience uh, watching soccer. You're watching a game, a young player catches your eye for whatever reason, they play really well, and at that point you decide, all right, I might have just been present to see the first act of the next big thing, and then you feel a weird sense of ownership over their career, and it never, never, never works out the way you think. Talent evaluation is very, very difficult, as it turns out, and I have John Muller here with me to talk about it. Specifically, John, you have directed my attention towards an academic paper on the subject, and you'll be doing a story about it soon on The Athletic. I'm looking at the paper now. It was published last month in Psychology, Sport, and Exercise, which is an academic journal. And it has a very academic title, Examining the Reliability and Predictive Validity of Performance Assessments by Soccer Coaches and Scouts, the Influence of Structured Collection and Mechanical Combination of Information. John, can you explain basically what this means? Like, what were they looking for in this paper and how were they looking for it? Yeah, so translated from uh, the original Dutch into academies and into English, it's, <laughs> is scouting good and how should you do it? Okay, gotcha. And and what sort of methods did they, did they go about to sort of find the answer to this question? Because it feels like this is something a lot of people wonder all the time, especially people that are in charge of talent evaluation for any level of club. Yeah, you know, talent evaluation is, is really hard. And I think that we all know this just by looking at the very top of the game. You know, if you look at the clubs that have more money than God, that are signing players who everybody has watched many, many times and who are signing them for a specific role, those signings still only hit like about half the time. It's a coin flip. Uh, and so you can imagine when you go further down the pyramid, how much harder it is to assess these relative unknown players, uh, you know, from, from a much larger talent pool. And so I've, all, I've always wondered, you know, my work doing data analytics stuff is talent identification adjacent frequently. You know, that's one of the main things that data analytics is used for in soccer. But we know about the limitations of data scouting. I've always wondered about the validity, uh, the, the goodness of real life scouting. And there's not a lot of public, you know, kind of research on this. So this team of researchers in the Netherlands recruited about 100 professional scouts and coaches, uh, people with, with about 10 years on average in the game, so very experienced pros. They got them through the Dutch Federation, and they essentially asked them to play Y-Scout Scout. They gave them uh, some videos to watch of U23 fullbacks so that they had kind of a, a similar comparison group, and they had them evaluate these guys in different ways. Uh, one was the vibes approach, which they called unstructured holistic, <laughs> which is just you watch him and you kind of you give him a number one to seven. How good is he? 
then they had two structured conditions, which was you have a score sheet or like a scouting card that you fill out. And then either you can fill out that card and then kind of, again, just guess at what your overall score is, or you can, you know, take the average of all those individual scores and, and have kind of the structured mechanical score. Right. So they hypothesized that that structured mechanical approach would be best. And there are other talent evaluation fields where that's been shown to be true. And it didn't happen uh, in this soccer study. In fact, basically none of it seemed to be very good at a, the scouts agreeing with one another on who was good and who was not. And B the scouts predicting which of these players would be good in the future. Well, the scouts disagreeing with each other is not necessarily all that surprising to me. I feel like, you know, every single uh, good player that's ever existed has been told at some point or another that they're not good enough and this drives them to great heights or maybe, you know, maybe that's just made up for all of these players, but I find that unlikely. Um, I think it's interesting. My favorite example of that is uh, Thomas Rangan in 2017, 2017, saying that Lionel Messi had a low soccer IQ. And this dude was head of the U.S. scouting <laughs> operation at that point. So, yeah. I mean, who knows? So <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Um, but I'm struck that uh, how do you determine whether a player is is good? Like what's what's the what's the marker for for? good in the case of this study uh, and in, in, in determining sort of whether or not the scouts were right about this. Yeah. So on the, on the predictive side, like how good are these players going to be in three years, they use transfer market values, which you might say is like not a great way of saying who's going to be a good player. Or who's not, I don't know. It was the best that they had. Um, it's okay. And, and, and so they, they did an interesting thing. They had scouts kind of predict, okay, what's this guy's value going to be in three years. And they gave them the, the range for all the, candidates in the study like some of these guys are going to be worth four million some are going to be worth 40 where where does this guy fall um and and the scouts did okay at predicting the future transfer market values the problem was that they also did okay at it when they didn't watch any video at all and they just looked at kind of like some biographical information on the players and even when they did watch the video and they like made a model uh, of these scouts predictions to see like are they good at, at predicting future transfer market values the biggest thing in that model for predicting the future transfer market values was the current transfer market values. So the actual like watching of the video was not adding that much. It wasn't statistically significant anyway, even though it seemed to be like a slight positive effect. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So, John, this sounds actually like pretty seismic. Like, it's like, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like you're basically saying this study says that the methods scouts use, kind of regardless of what those methods are for talent evaluation, are completely inadequate. They just don't work. 
Is that is that I'm, is that too extreme? <laughs> so so I get to chat with the researcher next week, and I'm I'm sure I'll pose that question to him. I'm sure he'll be offended that that we would you know, reduce <laughs> research that way. Uh, I, I think that probably the more measured take here is that this particular way of scouting with this particular set of scouts and this type of player didn't have a, a, a clear you know value to it. That doesn't mean that every way of scouting is wrong. And another piece of this story that I'm working on is talking to professional scouts about what works, what doesn't. And most importantly, I think, how is your work evaluated? Because if there's any one big takeaway, I think, from this study, it's that we need better ways of evaluating what's working and what's not for scouts and what the right methods are that they should be using. Uh, because, you know, the vibes approach actually was the best performing one in this study. So maybe, maybe scouts need to throw out their cards and they need to just trust their gut on things. Full, full on vibes. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Uh, John, I'm struck, you know, as I'm listening to you say all this at the athletic, you usually write about tactics, data trends, things of that nature. And talent evaluators is part of that. And talent, talent evaluators use a lot of those same tools that you use uh, to write the things that you write. So, how does this study sort of make you think differently about the types of things that you do for the athletic? Well, for one thing, I don't have to recruit for a club, which is nice because I can't of course. necessarily be right or wrong, except about Erling Holland. I could be right or wrong. About him. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that the way that clubs, the, the clubs that use data well, use it in conjunction with live scouting. Nobody is trying to replace live scouts. Uh, so they'll usually use data scouts to kind of get a pool of players that they might be interested in and turn it over to live scouts. I think the challenge is that with data scouting, we have pretty clear ways of evaluating what's working and what's not, what's good and what's what's not useful. And with live scouting, at least in public, we don't have those ways. And so I'm interested to see how clubs are evaluating their scouts and refining their methods, because I think we've seen that in other sports. Uh, you know, old baseball scouting, famously, if you've read Moneyball, you know, like they're evaluating guys on like the strength of their chin or the hotness of their girlfriends. And like, turns out it wasn't very useful. Yeah. So will we see kind of a a, a revolution in eyeball scouting and Y scout scouting uh, in soccer that kind of becomes more methodical and better organized? I'm curious about that. Well, it's really, really interesting. I'm looking forward to reading much more about it soon on The Athletic. Uh, until next week, John, uh, thanks so much for uh, coming on today. Thanks for having me. Before we go, your TV guide for today. As usual, all times are Eastern, and we have a jam-packed afternoon after a very, very busy weekend with Serie A and La Liga both starting first in the Premier League at 3 p.m., Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. That'll be on USA Network and Fubo TV if you happen to be in Canada. In La Liga, we have three games remaining from the weekend slate. At 11.30 a.m., Athletic Bilbao versus Mallorca. That will be on ESPN Plus or TSN in Canada. At 1.30 p.m., Getafe versus Atletico Madrid, also on ESPN Plus and TSN. And at 3.30 p.m., Real Betis versus Elche. Those will be on, you guessed it, ESPN Plus and TSN. In Serie A, at 12.30 p.m., Hellas Verona versus Napoli. That will be on Paramount Plus. And at 2.45 p.m., Juventus versus Sassuolo, also on Paramount Plus. This show is produced by Mike Zerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to all of you. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.